it's Sophia Franklin. You are listening to Sophia with an F. Hey, and the F is for phenomenal. <laughs> this podcast is rated F. The real story here. <laughs> I can't believe I'm talking about this. I don't know why I do this for a living. I really could be a hundred times more private than I am. I came across my ex's new girlfriend yesterday. Excited about this one, guys. I'm getting in my grown woman bag. I'm entering my wifey era at full speed and no one can stop me. Because I've been investing in myself and in my kitchen. I used to buy the absolute cheapest cookware I could possibly find. And mm -mm, mm -mm, not the move. The move is high quality, thoughtfully designed, non-toxic, and incredibly cute cookware from, drumroll please, Great Jones. You are welcome. Great Jones cookware is so stunning. You will actually want to cook. It's like getting a new super cute slash hot workout set. You'll be at the gym later that day. No question. My Dutch baby from Great Jones aka the cutest baby pink Dutch oven in the color taffy. I keep that shit on display. That is when I'm not using it. From Dutch ovens to ceramic dishes to nonstick pans, Great Jones has it all. I got my first skillet, you guys. Like, fuck an engagement ring. I can't wait to actually make all the recipes I have saved but never touched because I was ill-equipped. But now, I'll let y'all know when Sleuth's giving dinner is because I am prepared. So upgrade your kitchen and replace those old, rusted hand-me-downs with bold, beautiful, long-lasting pieces from Great Jones. Get started today at greatjones.com and get an extra 15% off your first order with promo code SOFIA. That's greatjones.com, promo code SOFIA. Hi, party people. Good morning, Baltimore. How is everybody doing? Great, amazing, fabulous. Uh, so am I, kind of. I just had therapy, and although I'm a huge advocate for therapy, it's like I'm over the analyzation of my brain, you know? Like, let's just, let's leave the noggin alone. I do the things I do because I do them. You know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes I just... I, I don't want to know. I don't want to analyze and I don't want to get better. I just want to stay 
stagnant with no growth, which is actually the complete fucking opposite of what I have in store for you today. And if you couldn't tell by that gorgeously profound put together intro, I will be recording a solo this week, which means it's just you, it's just me, and this microphone, and things will get a little bit rowdy, but you know, I've I've had a lot of guests on recently, not to name drop, uh, Amber Rose, Billy McFarlane, I don't know if I would call him a celebrity, Lil Yachty, I mean, I could go on and on and on, but this is the thing, this is my bread and butter, is just me talking without anyone else in the fucking room and just talking to you guys. Like, that's kind of how it started. And to be honest, it is a difficult uh, job, right? Like, you have to be talented and smart and good at what you do to be a great interviewer. 1,000%. Some people are just not good at it. However, to be able to talk by yourself without any interaction from anyone else and uh, just be staring into a wall, well, in my case, a mirror, so it's like I'm kind of talking to myself, to be able to just go on and on like monologue style for a fucking hour, that's talent. And I'm going to give myself a pat on the fucking back because like that is some shit. I would love, I would love, 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 love to see slash hear Oprah just go off for an hour. Okay? (laughs) You already know whatever came out of that bitch's mouth would be a hundred times more interesting (laughs) and educational and inspiring than what I'm about to talk about, but to each their own, okay? Let's jump into this episode, but before we do... Subscribe, period. I'm not going to do a sales pitch. If you want to see me in Tulum, just vlogging it up in a bikini, if that's something you're into, and me just being my hilarious self, I mean, I think I'm better on camera, then yeah, I think it would be, I think it would be smart to subscribe. So yeah, uh, about five minutes before this recording, I just hopped off my Zoom call with my therapist. We were talking about some things that have happened recently in my life, one of which we will be talking about. And in typical Sophia fashion, I've just been completely running away from and not dealing with the feelings. And I told her, during our session that I almost cried because I do run away from my feelings and emotions quite a bit. And then she asked me why I wouldn't just allow myself to cry. And I blinked at her and said, because I have to fucking record and be on camera right after this. God, Karen, you're so stupid. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sophia with an F. It is the wild, wild west out here. So Tulum, I was there, I believe, a couple of weeks ago, and 
I went for a moment of silence, a health and wellness retreat. And I know, I know it sounds fucking crazy coming from me. And, you know, the past couple times I've gone to Tulum, I was being offered to see left and right. Pretty sure I tried to finger myself in public and they put a towel over me and carried me out. So that was my last Tulum experience. This Tulum experience, very, very different. And that's the way I wanted it. So basically what happened was my really, really good friend who lives in San Diego was going with a group of her girlfriends to this retreat. And at first I was like, girlfriend, like I just I don't think I have it in me anymore. You know what I'm saying? And she told me, no, it's not like that. This is like mind-body connection. It really is about health and wellness, spirituality. And I looked at her and I was like, you know what? This is that kind of awakening that you get at 7 a.m. after you've taken Molly and Mushrooms and Rufus Soul just finished their set. Like if it's that kind of spiritual awakening, you can count me out. It was made very, very clear that this was a legitimate retreat. And therefore, I was like, sign me the fuck up. Like, let's get this little noggin of mine, this little noodle. Let's get her to a better place. We're all about growth here. And so away I went. And it was one of the most incredible experiences of my life. This retreat was composed of about 13 or 14 women from all over the world. And there was this huge emphasis on sisterhood, which at first I was like, okay, like sisterhood of the traveling pants, like Girl Scouts, what the fuck? So these two women put on dozens of workshops that you go to throughout the week One of the workshops was a sound bath meditation and the guy that put it on, he came in and it was really cool, except the craziest fucking thing happened to me. So he says, we're having a sound bath meditation. We're going to do some breath work and I'm going to play some music and go around the room and help people, you know, as I see fit. And he makes this random comment where he's like, there might be a chance that your hands cramp up like a little dinosaur, like a little, he like did like a little pterodactyl, you know, signage. And he said, if that happens, then stop breathing so deeply, right? Because the whole point is to take deep breaths and really connect to your breath. Well, I didn't hear the stop breathing. I just heard the hold your breath, but breathe deeply part. So fast forward into this fucking sound bath thing. And my hands, I was fucking Edward Scissorhands. I have never experienced something like this in my entire life. It's like getting a Charlie horse in both of your fucking hands and they are deformed 
and there's not shit you can do about it. I put them under my ass. I was trying to like roll them out. Um, I was trying to like claw them apart. I was trying to warm them up. I put them in my mouth. Like it was fucking crazy. So basically I do want to talk about the retreat. And I think the best way to sum it up is in this certain ceremony that was called the cacao ceremony. It was really life-changing, you guys. And I think for a multitude of reasons, but to sum it up, a cacao ceremony is where you are in this very sacred place and you're with all of these women and you were given this ceremonial grade, by the way, cacao, which is a drink. They refer to it as mother cacao. And it tastes really good, like a little cinnamony, chocolatey texture of mud. And these coaches just kind of walk you through a form of healing and self-discovery that I cannot put into words. And if I try to, I'm going to fucking butcher it. I think what made this particular workshop and this ceremony and this retreat even so special is you have women from all different backgrounds who are there for all different reasons except not really because at the end of the day we're really all there to heal and find some clarity and to be in a community like that where you guys all have that same common goal was really, really special. I ended up crying for two and a half hours. And I've heard of this shit happening to people, usually on hardcore drugs, but it happened to me and it happened to, I'm pretty sure, every single person in that room. And it was magical. It was insane. I had uh, like Four revelations. Seriously, this is not me over-exaggerating. I came to conclusions on things that I had been wanting to know the answers for for so long. Things came to me that I didn't even know existed. It was just, uh, oh my God. So amazing. Also very emotional. (laughs) There's this, I took like one video on my iPhone and it's after the ceremony and Allie and I decided to go to the beach to like walk this shit off because that's how crazy it was and we're just bawling. We're just, we're laying, looking at the water on our fucking lounge chairs, bawling. All the people in Tulum there trying to have a good time are like, what the fuck? And uh, we kind of just cried the rest of the trip. So did a lot of the women. But my point here is I think the reason it was so special and so effective is because, well, A, I really do believe in that whole holistic naturopathic approach when it comes to certain things. I think it needs to be implemented way more into our Western culture. But when you think regular therapy here in the U.S. Like the therapy I just had. Love her to death. 
She has fucking changed my life. She is incredible. But think about when you meet with your doctor, your therapist, your psychiatrist, you're sitting in a room, you're sitting across from this person, you are being asked questions and you are answering them verbally. You are verbally giving that person an answer or you are explaining something that is bothering you at which point the other person is responding, right? And either telling you how to fix the problem or giving you some kind of response. And this isn't even just fucking therapy. This is like talking to your family and friends. I think what made this so powerful was you were being asked existential questions, right? And you were just left alone to sit there with your thoughts. You were not thinking about how to answer. You were not trying to fix the issue. You just sat there or laid there. Or if you were me, you were in the fetal position and you just took it in like that. And you had all the time in the world to really let it sink in. I think that was part of it. I think another huge part of it was the vulnerability aspect. It's hard to feel as vulnerable when you're sitting across from someone who has a stone cold face who is jotting down notes as you're talking to them. And you don't want to say the wrong thing. So they take your fucking favorite meds away from you (laughs) right is that a fucking lie I don't think so but the vulnerability aspect was huge you could just cry you could scream you could be yourself you were surrounded by women who were literally the farthest thing from trying to judge you they were trying to connect with you And seeing someone else cry and feeling empathy is such an incredible thing, which I haven't like felt that in a really long fucking time. Like I am a cold hearted bitch out here in New York. And this shit just really, it brought me back down to earth and I loved it. I I just, I really, really loved it. And This is going to sound crazy, but it restored my faith in humanity a little bit, specifically women, primarily in women. We don't realize how much we have to offer each other and how strong we are as a unit and how we should be leaning on one another. We really, really don't. And there's so much power there. And it was just so beautiful. And I could start crying. So that was Tulum. I mean, I'm not going to say there was like no debauchery that happened whatsoever. It is me after all. But I will absolutely be doing something like this again. I mean, when I heard health and wellness retreat, I thought journaling, yoga, you know, green juice, which are all wonderful. I didn't know it was going to get this deep and be this transformative for me. Now I'm back in New York. Uh, It's been a little bit of an adjustment, just maintaining that mental health of mine. 
with my happy light and my vitamin D supplements because there is no fucking sun here and self-tanner. Which, quick side note, I used to get regular airbrush booth spray tan thingies, whatever. Whatever it is where the lady holds a gun to your vagina (laughs) and your spread eagle and have to like spread your lips open for her to like get them bronzed, you know? And those were phenomenal because I personally never, ever, 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 ever in my life used self-tanner. No thank you, way too fucking scary. When it comes to me and beauty care and just anything that has to do with appearances, I know the basics, like I can get away with shit, but like I am not good at styling my hair. I am fucking, I am still learning how to do a cat eye with eyeliner and I would never touch self-tanner with a 10-foot pole. So anyways, there was one night and I couldn't get an appointment with my spray tan girl. So I frantically, manically started going through all of the tanning product that I have. Well... You're like, okay, so if you don't fucking self-tan, why do you have so much tanning product? It's called PR packages, and they are sent to me, okay? Because I am that bitch, all right? Not to brag. So I start looking through this product, and I come across Tanologist, and for whatever reason, I picked that one, maybe because their PR package was the cutest, Whatever fucking reason, I used it and I spread it all over my body like butter on turkey for Thanksgiving and prayed to fucking God that I would wake up not looking like leprosy Barbie, pageant queen, blotchy bitch. And I woke up looking fucking amazing. Like, this shit is no joke. Best tan I've ever had. Right up there with the big dogs. It looked as if it was professionally done. So basically, uh, ever since then, I definitely have been stalking slash begging them to work with me. They're probably going to block me or get a restraining order. I do not care, but I just thought I would be a girl's girl and let you guys know if you are in the market or looking for a self-tanner, Tanologist is a great one and we don't gatekeep over here. If you want to battle depression, you got to look the part. That's all I was saying. So put on whatever self-tanner it is that you use Slather that on, be bronzed, be glowing, be looking hot, because that really genuinely helps with your psyche. You will you will genuinely feel better and more importantly, look hotter. Have you ever noticed how celebrities have brighter, wider looking eyes? Their makeup artists have a little secret in their kit. Lumify Redness Reliever Eye Drops. 
Lumify dramatically reduces redness in just one minute. It literally happens right before your eyes to help them look brighter, whiter, and more awake for up to eight hours. No wonder it's so loved by influencers, celebrities, and makeup artists and has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. Lumify is also the number one eye doctor recommended redness reliever eye drop and it's FDA approved. No bleach, no dyes. Plus, it's made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Lomb. So whether you're on set, on a date, or running on just a few hours of sleep, you can have eyes that look brighter and whiter with Lumify eye drops. When you try it, you'll see that it's what your eyes have been looking for. Check out LumifyEyes.com to learn more. Let's talk about some more fucking therapy, a little different type of therapy, some Western medicine shit. I had an appointment with my psychiatrist. (laughs) Holy shit. I really sound like I belong in the loony bin. Like I'm a fucking nutcase. So I'm in his office. I'm telling him about Tulum. I'm like, I need a fucking refund because (laughs) whatever the fuck you've been doing up in here um, is costing me a lot of fucking money and uh, has not helped me anywhere near as much as two and a half hours in Tulum did, okay? Just kidding, he's great. He's a new psychiatrist, by the way. So we're just kind of starting to peel back the layers of the onion. And the onion is me and... Um, he hit me with some psychoanalysis discovery channel shit that I have never heard before in my life about myself. <laughs> so basically, I'm talking to him about my relationships and he brings up the fact that I like bad boys, which has never I've never thought that of myself ever, ever, ever. If you were to look at my dating history, my ex, um, complete opposite of a bad boy. Are you fucking kidding me? Ivy League fucking buttoned up. Like, no, 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 no. You, I'm not into bad boys. I mean, yeah, like they're fun. I'm not not into them, but I'm not one of those girls that's just attracted to the bad boys. You know what I'm saying? So I explained that to him and he tells me that he thinks that I suffer from the Madonna whore complex. And I actually start laughing in the office and I'm like, um, are you calling me a slut, a slew? Yes. Yep. I'm wearing a hoodie that says that. I totally agree with you. I definitely could be part of that. And he goes, no, 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 no. You suffer from the Madonna whore complex, but in reverse. That's some fucking inception backwards shit. So you're telling me, doctor, that after hearing me rant about my relationships, you think that I see men 
as kind of the Madonna horror complex situation, which let me explain what that is for people who don't know. And honestly, I thought I knew what it was up until this fucking appointment. Like I kind of knew and then he broke it down. I was like, oh, okay. I was a little bit off. Like I thought Madonna was the horror for some reason, which might be kind of fucked up. But like Madonna is an icon and has kind of paved the way. But the Madonna in this situation is a saint. Okay? So the Madonna is a saintly type woman and the whore is. And basically what the Madonna whore complex is, is a complex that men have where they put women in two boxes. You have your Madonna box who is saintly and virginy and all dressed in white and da 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 And then you have your other box, which is the whore. The prostitute, the sugar baby, the slew, the whatever. And in this theory, the man is sexually attracted beyond belief to the whore but cannot find himself sexually attracted to the Madonna saintly type woman. And these are not my words, by the way. This is like some Sigmund Freud shit. And it's not like some Sigmund Freud shit. That dude literally pioneered this entire theory. So... I'm like, okay, doctor, so you're basically telling me that I am the man in this situation, and from what you've heard from my relationship history, I have men in two boxes, and the ones I like to fuck are bad boys, but I don't take them seriously, and then the ones I take seriously and are not bad boys and are good guys, my vagina just dries up like a dryer sheet is basic is basically what you're telling me. And you said, I mean, I don't know if that's a for sure, but I think it's something to look into. And I personally am still trying to wrap my brain around that because I tried to argue him on it. I told him, I said, hey, again, my ex was not a bad boy. Okay. He was a good boy, a very, very good dog, a golden retriever of dogs. On paper, not a bad boy whatsoever. And I was sexually attracted to him. And then my doctor asked me, well, was that always the case or towards the end did it change? And I'm going to leave that open-ended, but I think you guys already know how that fucking relationship ended. So maybe he's fucking right. I suffer from the Madonna whore complex as a woman. And I would love to hear from other sleuths listening. Like, do you feel this way? I only want to fuck a dude who's just kind of a fuck boy and a piece of shit. And the guy that's like respected and holy or whatever. I'm like, get the fuck out of here with your dumbass Madonna dick. 
I don't know. I think I mean I think there's, you know, some truth to it, but I feel like I'm smarter than one of those girls who just falls for the fuck boy and likes guys that are assholes. Cause I can tell you something right now, I do not put up with a dude being an asshole to me under no circumstances. Apartments.com believes having a gym in your building does way more than just get you in shape. It turns your entire life around and is a great place to scope out the hot guy that lives in your building. And by guy, I mean guys. Having a gym in your building makes it 10 times more likely that you actually end up, show up, and work out. I mean, it's five floors down or whatever it is. And you'll be saving money on a gym membership that you'll go to probably half as much. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live is easy. Apartments.com hosts more rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. Or a treadmill, for that matter. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. Look. You've had a long day, your boss is annoying you, your boyfriend is accusing you of something you didn't even do, and your sibling is asking you for money. That's like an everyday thing for me. While I don't have all the answers, I do know that we have the power to change any situation we're in in a flash, in a snap. We can turn it into a celebration And a little glass of wine is just the thing to turn your day around sometimes. But of course, you just realized you ran out of everything. Luckily for you, our friends over at DoorDash have you covered. If you're in the mood to treat yourself or just want to make sure you are always hostess with the mostess ready, DoorDash is your go-to without you having to move from your couch. And it's convenient. Do you know how heavy a handle of tequila is? How about five of them? Exactly. Plus, the alcohol selection at DoorDash is top-notch. You will find what you're looking for. Beer, wine, mixers, and even mocktails for the non-alcoholic girlies can be delivered straight to your door. So get your drinks in hand without lifting a finger with DoorDash. And use code SOFIA24 to get 25% off up to a $15 value when you spend $35 or more on drinks through DoorDash. For eligible users only, terms apply, must be 21 plus to order alcohol, drink responsibly, delivery and promotions available only in select markets. The real story here, (laughs) I can't believe I'm talking about this. I don't know why I do this for a living. I really could be a hundred times more private than I am. I came across my ex's new girlfriend yesterday 
So my ex and I, we have been broken up for eight, nine months now, I would say. I have not seen him. I have not spoken to him. I mean, I tried reaching out a couple of times. I'm not going to lie. He did not respond because I think I kind of, you know, blew up that relationship nuclear style. But that is a story for a different time. But um, we have not seen each other in the past, in those eight, nine months. We have not spoken. Like, as far as I knew, he was dead. Dead or alive. But, I mean, he doesn't have social media. So that's the thing. It was like, I'm either running into this dude in the middle of fucking Tribeca when I'm grabbing a coffee randomly, or that's it. You know, game over. Like, there is no social setting there is no party there is no event that I would ever fucking run into this dude and let me just tell you fantastic I mean I am so fucking happy that social media was not something that I even had to think about or deal with for the past however many months but like if I would have come across her, this girl, immediately after our breakup, holy shit. I mean, I would have gone fucking nuts. So yeah, he doesn't have social media. I have just been living in my little safe bubble cloud. And then yesterday, I'm sitting on the couch and like some fucking nightmare fuel, I see a picture of my ex. The reason I saw it is because we have a mutual friend who I love very, very much. And this said mutual friend was out with him and the girl. And he posted the three of them on his story because he is allowed to and should and was friends with him first, by the way. And that's how I came across the picture. And I checked my phone across the living room and I was like, no fucking way. I forgot that person existed. And I just, I think anytime you hear about your ex moving on and having a life without you, it just is a little bit jarring. And I don't think that means that I'm still in love with him and I still like him and I'm not over him and I'm jealous and didn't... Like, it's not like that. It is someone that you spent a really good chunk of your life with and it's a little bit crazy to see them, you know, living their completely new life without you. I had him stuck in a time warp you know, and I just remember him as the last time I saw him and thought that was how I was going to find him. Nope, that is not how I found him. And with the whole mutual friend thing, you don't unfriend or unfollow the mutual friend to save yourself from seeing this person. I, I mean, at least I don't think so. As an adult, you do not unfriend or unfollow the mutual friend. You just don't. You can mute them. You know, you can avoid their profile. But it's like, you don't, it's just, you don't need to do that shit. 
especially if you're dating someone as I was who was successful, their friends are probably successful and you're probably trying to keep them around, okay? It's like when your ex-boyfriend bought you a Cartier watch. Oh, you're supposed to throw that shit in the trash when you break up? Absolutely not, okay? Watches, bags, and friends, mutual friends, stay. So, yeah, I saw that. It was very jarring and intellectually I knew it was happening obviously because what fucking dude keeps their dick in their pants for longer than three days they just don't but it was just still a little bit kind of crazy to me (laughs) and I think I'm kind of like stuttering and beating around the bush and I just want to flat out say it Me and this dude had a pretty significant age gap where he was older than me. And to my knowledge, I think I was one of the oldest girlfriends he had had. And then I did like a healthy amount of stalking. All right. When I found out about the new girl, I chose honestly to take the healthy route and not completely stalk her or hate on her because I'm a fucking adult. But one tidbit of info that I learned that stuck out to me was this girl is 26. (laughs) I'm 30, okay? He is significantly older than this gal, okay? Over 15 years older. He was older than me by a significant amount. And, you know, I thought as you age, you kind of date people who are aging along with you. But apparently, like, he's still, he's chilling right where he started. Because when I started dating him, I was also 25, 26, So that kind of rubbed me the wrong way and I didn't love it. And it's not a shocker at all because so many fucking dudes date younger women. In fact, hi, I'm not going to sit here like the biggest hypocrite on planet Mars. I have openly talked about how I think Age differences in relationships are perfectly fucking fine. And I dated a dude who was 17 years older than me. I dated a dude who was 11 years older than me. Like, I have dated dudes that were older than me and have been a huge advocate for it. But you know what? I was justified in looking for my father in these relationships. No, I'm totally kidding. I have a fucked up sense of humor. But I take it all back. Now, I think it's fucking weird. I think it's creepy. It's definitely a pattern, which I didn't really know when I was in it. I think I was like kind of like, yeah, looking for my dad, but like, yeah, also living the sugar baby lifestyle, but not really because I was in love with him and there was no arrangement and I made my own money. But like the trips and the gifts and shit were there. You know what I'm saying? But I want to talk about dating and age range 
and what is appropriate and what is not. And the way I'm going to talk about it is in general terms, has nothing to do with my ex, okay? Or any of my exes or any older dude that I have fucked, sucked, or dated. Thank you. So I was thinking about the age gap and thinking about how I never had an issue with it until now. And I was like, have I just become that super bitter old bitch? Because now that I'm 30, now I think it's annoying because the dudes, you know, in my age group are going for the young 20-year-olds and I'm no longer like that 20-year-old. And to be honest, I don't think that's it. I really, truly don't. What's happening is I'm starting to notice how creepy of an element there is to an older dude dating a much younger woman. And listen, I'm not going to get into the semantics of age of consent because you guys know just because someone is of age, that does not make shit less weird. Like I'm not going there. But what's the motive here for men? And I'm asking that rhetorical question because I already know the answer. I swear to God, I know men like the back of my fucking hand. And I always have. There's multiple reasons, okay? One of them, this is the super obvious one, is they're looking for easy, breezy, beautiful cover girl. They don't want to deal with the fuss of a 30-year-old woman. What is the fuss of a 30-year-old woman? Well, let me explain it to you. Basically, it is this preconceived notion that is not necessarily real that when women turn 30 and from that point on, they are very intense in their relationships because their biological clock is ticking or the societal clock is ticking and they need to either get pregnant or get married. So these dudes are like, sorry, but I am not trying to have a baby or get married. I'm trying to just have a good time. I'm trying to just have fun. So we're just going to keep it, you know, in the 20s, preferably mid to low range. And I don't want to sound like I'm bashing on women that are younger or women who are in relationships with dudes that are older. I just think it's something to look at because you know what? And this is another huge aspect to this whole fucking thing is there is an absolute power dynamic imbalance when you are dating someone that much older than you. Okay, it's just it is what it is like. I don't care if you are 21, 25, 26, 27, 28 and, you know, you won the Nobel Peace Prize and you're a fucking genius. There is a power dynamic imbalance with this dude. He has more life experience than you do, period. And because of that, he can show you amazing things about the world, open you up to things that you had no idea existed. I mean, trust me, like, I have been this bitch. I am not judging you. 
And I could easily be this bitch again. Trust me. Like, it's fun. I've been there. But there's something a little bit perverse about it. And it's kind of this, like, creepy factor where it's almost as if women their own age are too challenging and too on the ball and just on too much of an even playing field. And they either don't want to deal with that, right? The easy breezy life is what they're looking for. Or they're actually inept and they can't. It kind of reminds me of that type of dude. And he's like, oh, hell no. I cannot handle someone, you know, who is the same age as me. I got to go after the young girl who maybe doesn't know as much and won't be able to call out my bullshit as much. And this is creepy factor number 78. I think there's a little bit of like molding of the mind that they like to do, whether it's intentional or unintentional grooming. And I know it's a very loaded word, but that is point blank. Uh, a huge factor in manipulation and whatever else. And it's not always like this crazy, horrible, disgusting manipulation that I'm fucking talking about. It's like they are able to provide guidance to you and provide knowledge and just experience and all of these things that you would not have without that older figure But in a way, because they are making sure. I mean, it would be one thing if these dudes were dating all over the map, right? One day he's with a fucking cougar. The next day he's with a 25-year-old. The next day he's with someone his age. You know, he eats all types of pussy. We love him. Okay, great. That's fine. When I think it's a little bit scary or gross or just kind of weird or something to look at is when it is strictly women within like a three-year age range, like 20 to 23, let's say. And as they progressively get older, the women, their ages stay the same. That's when I think it's like completely weird and kind of gross and it kind of also takes me back to this other idea and this other reasoning as to why I think men do this is I think they are losers and or feel extremely insecure and they cannot get with a woman on their level so they prey on younger women okay and you know what? It doesn't take as much. It doesn't. Anyways, it's, I went off on a tangent, you guys. I just, it's something to think about. I've changed my mind on it. I'm allowed to do that. It's called growth. That fucking Tulum cacao, man. That shit will get to you. And also, what the fuck do they talk about? (laughs) 
that what are you guys talking about? I can't imagine, you know, when you're in your 50s and you're dating the 22 year old, like you're going to run into some issues where you're like, what? There is no commonality. There is no common ground. And I have no idea what you're talking about. And, you know, please take me off your TikTok. I don't want to be on there. And you're having to teach him how to fucking share share a Wi-Fi password. It's just there's something I, I don't know. And I don't know what age gap is appropriate is the other thing. I mean, what do you think is an appropriate age gap? Skims. What can I tell ya? It really is just that good. I can't fight it. I can't deny it. All I can do is hop on board and share with the people I love, aka my family and you guys, the perfection that is Skims. Like Kim K just knows her shit and she's really proved it with Skims. Every single item I have tried has been the best I've ever tried in that category. Like whether it's underwear, loungewear, their famous t-shirt bras, Kimberly Kardashian, she just knows clothes, especially when it comes to the basics. My Skims cotton jersey t-shirt, probably the most worn item of clothing from my closet right now. The fit is insane. It snatches me right at the waist. And I mean, I've washed this thing over a hundred times, but the stretch and the shape, it still stays. I have it in the color Kyanite, which is this kind of earthy blue toned color. But really, I need it in every goddamn color because it is a staple in my wardrobe. I can lounge in it, which I do all the fucking time, wear it to a recording, or I could pair it with a baggy pant and heels and a little purse and look like the cutest thing ever for a night out. So you guys, shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes extra, extra small to 4X. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know that I sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select my show in the drop down menu that follows. It means a lot to me and helps me so much. And with that, love you, Sloots. 50 high school senior girls descend on Mobile, Alabama every summer to compete for a massive cash prize. It isn't Survivor. It's one of America's most lucrative scholarship competitions for teen girls. It's been around for seven decades. Now you'll hear what took place behind the scenes. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery comes the competition. Host Shima Oliai was Nevada's contestant 20 years ago. Now she is returning as a judge to find out what two weeks with 50 of the country's most ambitious teens can tell us about girlhood in America. 
What happens when the competitors are thrown into the deep end with the best and the brightest? And how does surviving the competition prepare them for everything that comes after? Follow the competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. So, I don't know, just a really interesting last couple of weeks for me, I guess you could say. Huh, who knew I was a fucking sugar baby? Hey, if you are trying to get a girl to really be into you and stay with you or impress her, but you are fucking golem, gross, a loser, annoying, or there's something wrong with you that you know she's not going to like... If you keep this bitch in vacay mode 24-7, 350 days a year, 365 days a year, you're fucking golden because she is going to be living in fantasy land, white lotus, eating that shit up. And it's it's just it's really hard to like not be into someone when they're taking you around the world on spectacular shit. So was I saying I was fucking groomed in my last relationship whatsoever? No, I knowingly dated older men and and knowingly did that knowing I was trying to fill a void slash seek something. Hi, dad. You know what I'm saying? So something to think about. I don't know. You guys write in. Tell me what you think. Leave a submission. DM me. Comment. Tell me I'm a fucking hypocrite, whatever you want. Can someone ask Leonardo DiCaprio? Because if someone has the answer, it is that dude. I think for Leo, it is purely physical. I think like, I don't know, during the Titanic, he accidentally fell off the fucking prop boat they were using and hit his head and like stayed 19 years old forever in his brain or however old he was when he was in the Titanic. And so he's just like stuck like that. Okay. So I think it's time to dive into questions because I have just been going through a roller coaster of emotions and it's, it's enough about me. Enough about me. I literally don't want to hear one thing about my brain or how I function or how I think for at least two weeks. It is now about the sleuths. It's about you guys. SOS, save our sleuths question stories advice. Question number one, here we go. Okay. At what age should people who don't go to college move out of their parents' house? I am in college, but my boyfriend is 22 and still lives with his mom. His view is why move out and pay rent when he could save up and live with his mom while it's still somewhat acceptable. I get his view, but also I'm kind of getting the ick. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. At what age should people who don't go to college move out of their parents' house? First of all, I'm going to leave college out of this. I think college is completely irrelevant in this situation. Like, who cares? The question to me really is, at what age is it not okay to be living with your parents? And 
we're going to talk about this from a heterosexual standpoint. Female writing in question. The male is the person in question. If this guy has all of his other shit together, that is way more important to me. If he is pre-med and he is about to be a brain surgeon and he would like to, you know, live it out in his mom's basement for a few years while he is, you know, training to be a fucking surgeon, I think that you can kindly shut the fuck up and not care. However, if this dude is living in his parents, is 22, saving up money. I mean, I really have nothing bad to say about it. Who is this new girl? Who is this new Sophia? I don't know what's gotten into me, you guys. I really don't. Because if you would have asked me that in the past, I would have been like, what in the actual fuck? Hell no. Because I was only dating fucking men who were 90 and older, I guess. Anna Nicole Smith style. But I don't know. I think 22 is... I think that that's okay to live with your parents at 22 years old. I also think culture plays a huge part in this. Because I know a lot of friends I grew up with, it was like the second you turn 18, bye bye My family, my mom is trying to move into my apartment as we speak right now. And that's not a joke. And she sees like nothing wrong with it. So I think you give this guy a break. I definitely get the ick thing. But think about it this way. He's financially and fiscally responsible. And that's the type of dude you want. He's saving up his money to buy the both of you a house. So just put your ick aside. Okay? Also, this guy better have a fucking great job and a great dick and a great personality. Because if those three things aren't happening and he's living with his mom, he's fucking out. All right, next question. My girlfriend and I have been in a relationship for a while and she has had an attractive scent to me. More recently, she farted while in bed and it smelled like sewer. It's now the scent I associate with her and it's hard to even become sexually attracted to her anymore. Not sure if I will be able to get past it. Sometimes the scent is what we associate for attraction and we can't get past it. It's biology. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to try to answer this one as maturely as I can. I understand what you're saying, that a woman's scent is a huge, huge, huge point of attraction for a dude. Huge. Arguably way more important than how she visually, physically looks. Her smell is more important. That's kind of a crazy thing to think about. However, her fart is not her scent. Leave her the fuck alone, okay? Like what came out of her butthole is not what radiates off of her body and her skin 
on a regular fucking basis. And I think that you have a problem. And I think it's really fucked up. And you absolutely should not judge someone on their fart. Period. How about that? Even even I, okay? I'm not going to judge a dude if he does that. I'm really not. You know? Like, yeah, sure. If this girl is farting up a storm and you're starting to confuse it with her scent because there's like an actual problem, sure, we can talk. But it was a one-time fart and a one-time fart that deserves a one-time forgiveness. Actually, fuck that. She should be able to fart as much as she wants within reason and that should not change how attracted you are to her. (laughs) I don't know though. I gotta know like what kind of fart we're talking about. Like I hope it was one of those accidental, I was trying to keep it in, but it just whistled its way out. Like if if it was the type of thing where she lifted up a leg and was like, hey, like I have something to tell you and then let out a fart, that's not cool. That's not okay. That I could see being unattractive, but that doesn't that doesn't make her pheromones or whatever unattractive. Okay, I am moving past this question because I need to. Next question. Hi, Sophia. First of all, love the pod so much. I have a question that I really am not able to find an answer for anywhere. When do I start splitting the bill when dating someone? Obviously, the guy covers the first couple dates, but after that, do we start going Dutch or do I pay like every third date? I just don't know the etiquette and would love some advice. Mmm, okay. So I like this girl. She's old-fashioned like me, and she agrees that he needs to pay for the first few dates. Where we differ is I don't really see where that should stop, to be completely honest. You know, in my relationships, if I have decided on my own accord, hey, I want to go to the most expensive restaurant in the city I'm taking us. Like, sure, I'll pick up the bill. But besides that, I'm kind of always expecting him to pick it up unless it's like, you know, we're at the gas station and it's just easier for me to use my card and that type of thing. There's there's no, let me tell you, this is why you're having such a hard time finding an answer to this is because there is no one size fits all here. But I'm going to try my best. I'm going to try my best to give you an answer. It depends how much money this guy has. It depends how much money you have. And that's basically it. And if you guys are making the exact same amount of money I still don't think you go Dutch. In fact, let me just say this for the record. Dutch is not a fucking thing, okay? When you are with a dude and you guys are dating or whatever on a date, splitting the bill 50-50 is such fucking trash. It is gross. And if a guy ever, I would rather him say, 
can you please pick up the bill because you fucking ate every single thing on the table? Can you imagine? I would rather him say that to me than ask me to split the bill 50-50. I swear to fucking God. That is so just gross and unattractive. And it's like, come on, come on. I don't really believe in the going Dutch thing unless it's with your friends. I think when you're in a romantic relationship, you guys pick up every other bill. I mean, you know, when you're super close to someone, if they're paying rent and paying for groceries and the car and fucking everything, then yeah, you should probably you know, be picking up the movie tickets and the concert and the flight when you guys want to go somewhere. Unless he makes more than you, then he should be paying for everything, if not most. Okay, amazing. Last question, folks. Hi, Sophia. I have a serious question. So my boyfriend thinks it's the hottest thing ever when he comes in my mouth and I swallow it. Ooh, shocker, which I totally understand, but there is an issue. The two times I tried to swallow his cum, it probably burned a hole in my throat. His cum tasted so fucking bad, I can't even describe the taste. I literally refuse to ever taste that shit again. How do I tell him his jizz tastes like fucking trash and that I just can't do it anymore? Love you, Sloot. Ooh. We've got some battery acid sperm on our hands. Mm-mm-mm. I don't like that. I don't like that one bit. Maybe you need to just fucking tell him to stop eating Slim Jims and drinking Mountain Dew and to eat a vegetable or something that is green every once in a while, you know, so it doesn't taste like complete shit. I mean, wait, just Google it. Literally get online, look it up. There are vitamins, foods and a whole bunch of shit that he can take to change the taste of his sperm. I, I like, want to taste it. Like, this shit sounds crazy. Like, this sounds like some fucking, like, the hottest, hottest hot sauce that they make you sign the waiver for at, like, a wings place, but with no wing. Just fucking disgusting, white, milky horribleness. Ooh, girlfriend, I am so sorry you have to go through that, but there are ways to fix it. And if you try that or if you're too scared to do that and you'd rather just not fucking swallow the cum, then next time you just say, baby, it's so hot when you tell me when you're about to come, he'll tell you, which they usually do anyways, hurry, pull his dick out of your mouth and let it explode all over his stomach and face. You know? I think, yeah. I think that's totally fair. Until he gets his jizz taste under control. All right, sleuths. Wow, wow, wow. I did not know it was possible for a human being to talk this long. I miss doing outros like these, though. I really, really do. Um, I'm going to start implementing more of them. 
and I will keep you updated on everything. And I will see you guys next week. And hopefully by then, it will be fucking spring or summer or something. Also, I love the winter. Love you, sleuths. Bye.